do you know what Brett did to us? Brett? Brett censored us. Oh, yes, that's right. He muted our cusses. Fuck that. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies that we loved in our youth and find out if they're still any good. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. And I'm Pat. Kickstarting Pat. Yeah, kickstarting <laughs> Pat is real, man. Jeez. Raking it in. Like you, yeah. you should have showed up in a top hat and a monocle and then like the fucking Monopoly <laughs> man. You're just like kicking ass. Did you break did you break yeah. into the uh the hundos quintuple digits no, yet or whatever we're scratching Hundo? as of us recording this we're at ninety eight thousand three hundred and twenty six. come on by the time mushrooms. we're done with this recording i want to be six figures listener <laughs> you're not hearing this live so you can't do anything to help there's no call to action i'm just yelling into the void <laughs> i just i'm trying to make it happen with my voice um, ash do we have a guest we do have a guest. I am super excited, guys, that Jean is joining us. Everybody, Hi. please welcome hey. Jean Kim. Hey there. Hello. Hey, guys. And uh, Jean and I met at Gen Con because both our films were in the Gen Con Film Festival this year, which was mm. really fun. They did it online, which was still super fun. It was great connecting with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But awesome. G, tell so, us about your film because it's it's great as well. Thank you, and I loved your film as well. And you did such a great job moderating the panel. So I'm oh, glad thank you to be part of this. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my my film is a you know it started off as a six minute idea, ended up as a twenty minute animated. Oh my gosh, short. <laughs> That's how almost it always TV pilot. goes. I know <laughs> it always and, like and, doubles. Like yeah, these these things are out of control. Um, but you know, I wanted to. Uh, it's an action adventure fantasy based on um, ancient Korean history, sort of remixed and reimagined, and East Asian history in general. And you throw in sci-fi and fantasy elements, and uh, a drunk rabbit who is also prime minister <laughs> of an entire planet, and you get uh, twenty Pass minutes on board. of. Totally I'm here for this. I'm so here for this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you get a uh, you get something different. So right now it's uh, touring the film festival circuit. Um, like Ash mentioned, uh, we had our film poster actually displayed in Times Square the Whoa. past month, which was really crazy. That's so, awesome. That's rad. Thank wow. you. So are you in month? New York yeah. to see it or no? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm based out of New York right now, so okay. I went in and um, I'm not really a, a selfie or facebook photo sort of person but i indulged myself that night nice so. yeah <laughs> and it's you also go. you left out your film is done in like the 80s style uh anime or just 80s style animation i believe we talked about Ooh. that you and me at one yeah. point yeah i uh you know robotech was probably the first anime that i watched as a kid and it blew my mind and that came out I think the original Japanese anime that's based on came out in like 83 or 84. So I think subconsciously that was a big thing. But I was also trying to sum up or summon the spirit of things like Gundam Wing, Cowboy Bebop, you know, all the classic 90s titles. Um, Animation switched over, I think, in Japan to all digital in like 2005 or 6. And, you know, the stories are great, but the look, you know, there's something about having like celluloid drawings and paper that's just really... um, I associate with my childhood. So I was gunning for that look more than like a CG look. Wow. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, not the same thing, but I've been watching The Simpsons for the first time. And I was just like, wow, this like rough hand drawn, like you can see the shadow of the celluloid like on top of the background, you know, and it's just such a different look. It it is, and now you got to spend a lot of time digitally to bring the dirt and the imperfections, ironically, back. Yeah, <laughs> but at least you don't have to sit there in front of like a down shooter and like flip all your pages, right? Yeah, I will. Um, <laughs> if you get them you out know, of order and then you watch it, you're like, oh, oh my gosh. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, four years ago, um, I feel like I visit Japan every two years or so, and like the last time I was there. Uh, I visited Studio Trigger, which is one of the, I think, more popular studios now. And they were all using paper and light boxes. And oh. there was not really a single computer setup. And it blew my mind because we're here in like 2017. I'm thinking, you know, Japan is some of the greatest animation around. They're probably using high tech stuff. They're just all using paper. Yeah, Studio Trigger has that look, man. Depending on who you yeah. talk to in the animation industry, that is the most highest tech, like best way yeah, to get the true. best, <laughs> the best results. I mean, I'm friends with some of the like old classic Disney animators, and they still say oh, no they're way. like, they're like, yeah, like you could do it digitally, but you just don't get that weight. You don't feel it. There's something about mm-hmm. paper. So I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that that was the case when you went to Japan because there is something so special about hand-drawn and i think you feel it Mm, when you're watching it too you're like oh you can feel the hand of the artist yeah it um there's no substitute there's no app for that right so yeah (laughs) seriously yeah not yet anyway (laughs) oh brett will make it damn it that's that's true i don't think you said the name of your film though where can people go what's it called uh the name of the film is one last monster (laughs) yeah you can uh you can go to onelastmonster.com or um, Instagram. Just look up One Last Monster um, or Facebook, and, and all the information is there. Um, I, we actually got a uh, – it, it'll be part of a DVD compilation that's being released on uh, DVD and Blu-ray uh, in November, actually, if, if people want to check it out early. I think wow. eventually it'll go – I'll put it online. Um, so there's it's a lot to manage right now. <laughs> cool. Nice. Very awesome. Well, surprisingly, we're not watching an animated film, mm. even though the the poll was stacked with animated well, films. Right. I would argue that hurt the animation because it split the vote. It split uh, the that's animation. true. Oh. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I thought for Rookie sure mistake. a Studio Ghibli film would win, mm. and I was kind of shocked that Mad Max won, but wow. I'm also excited because I'm a Mad Max fan. Yeah, I love Mad Max. Uh, yeah, and I've been trying to get these guys to watch the original for a really long time. You did mean the original, right? That's right. <laughs> okay, good. Because this would be bad if you didn't. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, with, with Braveheart? Yeah. Yes. With Mr. Yeah, Braveheart so himself? this is the original 1979 Mad Max. Oh, it came out that early. I thought it came out in like 83 or something. Uh, I think theaters 79 release to like, uh, D- uh, well, not DVD, I guess VHS was 80, wow. 1980. Is this, did crazy. they reshoot it with Mel again in America? 
as the Road Warrior or something? Is that no? The oh, Road Warrior oh. is the second movie, so it goes okay. Mad Max, Mad Max to the Road Warrior, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, right. Mad Max Fury Road, and then the new one that hasn't been shot yet, Mad Max: The Wasteland. Oh, there's a sequel no. to the the reboot. Coming yes, up? yeah. Wow, it's in the works. That's um, awesome. So of course we have director George Miller who does all Mad Max things. That's like his main jam. Yeah. <laughs> um, and surprisingly, I had to mention these because I was shocked to discover that he was the producer on the film Happy Feet. I was just going to say, yeah. And, <laughs> and the director of the film Babe, Pig in the City. <laughs> yeah, I thought Babe That's was his main jam. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't but know. Also, I was shocked. Surprising <laughs> that he made the jump from Mad Max to Babe. Yeah. That's a little right? unexpected. He's like very unexpected. Yeah, but you it's, know, like uh, it, yeah. it tracks in my memory of at least how because uh, yeah, I haven't seen these old ones, but you know, uh, Fury Road and Babe share a lot of practical like camera stuff. Mm. Like okay, I, I feel like uh, he he really uses the camera as an active thing in his in his films and mm. uh, right. I remember that specifically about Babe, where like you know, following the pig walking around, or you know, the, mm-hmm. you don't really get those. I mean, you know, you're gonna over a shoulder shot the pig for an hour, <laughs> but but he did it. <laughs> Dramatic uh, dolly counter zoom on the pig. Um, yeah. So does anyone have a guess for the budget for this film? Seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> In Australian. At that time. I would love to see that challenge. If you give like top uh, filmmakers like a hundo mm. and be like, "What can you film for this?" Yeah, match? yeah. But the top filmmakers will just call in all their favors. That's what I was like, gonna say. I didn't spend yeah, any money, that's, but uh, there you go. I, no I want to go like labor. fifteen for this one. Fifteen dollars? Million? Well, fifteen million. The the budget. No yeah. way. No way. Less I don't than know a million. The, less than a million? Dirt cheap? You know nothing about this film, do you? I know, <laughs> I know absolutely me. nothing. Yeah. I was this might be the lowest budget film we've ever had on the really? show. Really? I'm going to give you a real guess. Oh, no. I'm going to say $36,000. Okay. Got How about Desperado you, budget. You know, I'm, I'm still in the 15, 20 million range. So. Okay. 30 or, or $350,000. Yowza. Yeah. Whoa. I was just so, off a decimal. More than what Pat said, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that um, means t- Tommy Wiseau spent $6 million making the room. So that, by oh comparison. Oh my God, did he really? Yeah, he did. Six oh million? God. Where does he Jeez. get his money? And it looked, yeah, that, no nobody one knows. knows. But, nobody knows. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, do you have I'm a guess, bi- though? I'm in business. The- <laughs> Do you guys want to I guess what the businesses. worldwide gross was, though? Uh, I mean, with the with the rep this has, it feels like like it made like eighty to or eighty to hundred. Yeah, forty five million. million. Forty oh. five billion. Sam, what it made? Yeah, worldwide. worldwide. Uh, I mean, if you don't want to guess, you don't 22 have twenty two million. Twenty two. Okay, Gene. Yeah, I like the. Uh, I'll say seventy million. 70 million. Well, Brett got it right off the bat. 100 million worldwide. This oh, is extremely oh. popular. Wow. 
In fact, about, uh, that's like one of the, is that like the highest return on investment? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's massive. Like, yes, I will jump into a trivia fact right now. This is credited as the movie that opened up the global market for Australian movies, and it also set the world record for the most profitable independent film of all time yeah. until it was wow. outgrossed by the Blair Witch Project in 1999, mm. which wow. is pretty crazy. Both films are extremely low budget, and if you think mm-hmm. about it. Uh, both films didn't have the money for locations mm. or sets. Mm. And so they just used the outside and used what they had. Bow and c- clearly, yeah, <laughs> clearly yeah. it's a good strategy if you're an independent filmmaker. Um, yeah. The, ca- the cast, we have, of course, Mel Gibson. And this is his first feature film. He actually was not known in the U.S. at all mm. before this. Um, this was like his groundbreaking role. He did some TV work, but um, besides that, he hadn't really done much. Uh, but this, I think, is a fun fact that I found because we talked about how much the actors were paid last time. Do you guys want to guess how much Mel Gibson was paid for this film? Out of the 350 <laughs> Yeah. $7. <laughs> like, <laughs> that seems, seems right. Like seems three accurate. grand. Yeah, I was going to say like 10 grand and free lunch. God, Brett, you are so good today. 10 grand was exactly oh, right. Wow. Nailing it. Laser Go buy precision. a lotto yeah. ticket, please. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's just that was that was from my deep down in my spirit just like what what is what, what is, is Mel, Mel Gibson's Gibson a- acting worth now? <laughs> in in hindsight that in- that bigoted asshole. What, what, yeah. what, what, what would what would you be worth on a movie set now? Ten thousand? Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd take ten thousand nineteen seventy nine dollars. That's gotta be like what, thirty grand nowadays? That's true. That's probably. Like that. wow. I don't know what the conversion mm-hmm. rate is, too. <laughs> um mm. the there's so the <laughs> normally, Gene, we would go over the rest of the cast. And mm. I do have one other person to kind of go over. But the thing is, is the rest of the cast never really did much else. Yeah, that's true. They're all <laughs> Australian actors that you've never heard of before, probably. Mm. Uh, but Hugh Keysburn um, was also in Fury Road, and he's uh. in this movie, too. I'm not sure if he's playing the same character or not. Mm. But um, Who is he in Fury Road? Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. he's like he's the main bad guy in both of them right oh okay yeah there you go no way oh he's uh, i've never seen this one but i've seen yeah he's uh is it it's funny i've never seen this i've actually never seen this original but i know stuff about it isn't his name like humongous oh yeah yeah something like like that he has like leather clad and everything i think oh yeah there's a lot of leather and pleather in this movie that's where all the budget went Mm -hmm. Some yeah, they actually could only here. <laughs> they could only afford leather for one actor, and everyone else is oh. wearing leather. <laughs> oh. By the way, uh-huh. uh, in Sam, the desert, oh dear. Yeah, yeah. Sam, in uh, ten thousand dollars in nineteen seventy nine is the equivalent of thirty six thousand two hundred ninety three dollars today. Oh, oh. All right, pretty close, Sam. Wow, Cha-ching. Um, is that the Australian exchange rate though? Because I want to be no, like, I just did the US. <laughs> thirty six thousand yeah. Australian is equal to. Oh, 10,000 again, US. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be uh, so much for that. Um, his name, Hugh Keys Burns, his name in this movie is Toe Cutter. So, whoever Toe Cutter is, that's uh, him. Yeah. Main bad that's guy, him. I guess. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, he plays someone different in Fury Road. Hmm. Mm. Anyway. Um, so I do have more trivia for you. Obviously, since this is Mel Gibson's first film, his accent was so thick that it had to be dubbed over for the U.S. release. And so that's not his voice that you hear in the film. I'm not (laughs) sure which version will be on the streaming version, though, because apparently they finally released it with the original voices. But it's not just him. Everyone except for one person is dubbed in this film. So I'm sorry. It's like wow. that. Uh, wow. When they used to dub Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice for releases in Austria because they he mm-hmm. didn't sound tough enough for Austria. Austrian that audiences. is hilarious. Oh, I didn't know that. That's wild. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Uh, uh, the extras. Most of the extras were paid in beer, which is like <laughs> the most Australian thing I've ever heard. <laughs> wow. Uh, I love that. Um, there's a biker gang in this movie and they're a real biker gang and they were required to drive to set in their costumes with like fake weapons and whatnot. (laughs) And so they had what they called a get out of free jail card, which was just a letter from the production company explaining to police Uh, if they pulled them over that this was for a movie. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, That's so um, insane. In the context of, uh, that, the last one we did, The Crow, that feels kind of mm. like, that's not allowed anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of shit in this movie that is definitely not allowed and wasn't allowed then either. Mm. Uh, so basically, the whole thing was guerrilla filmmaking. And they would choose roads and like film on roads without filming permits. And they wouldn't use walkie-talkies because the walkie-talkie frequencies could be picked up on police radios. So they just shot everything like run-and-gun gorilla to the point that they would even like sweep the roads down afterwards so no one knew that they had like done this big stunt. Because there's big car crashes and stunts in this mm, film. Wow. And they did all of them illegally. <laughs> no way. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's awesome, though. No, that's bad. Fuck the law. <laughs> no, do not do this. This is a bad idea. I don't idea. respect Australian law. Wow. <laughs> what? Um, another fun trivia thing is Hugh Keysburn, who I mentioned earlier, apparently changes his accent from scene to scene to sound more insane. So it's not you if you think you're crazy while watching this film. Oh. If you're like, wasn't he like Italian a second ago? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Am I going to have like the... Uh, listening to British people problem with this, where it's just like, I, what's he saying? Probably. Oh, hmm. I, I mean, I don't know which version you're going to get, uh, but you will probably need subtitles. Cause <laughs> <laughs> if it's not the dubbed version, I don't know that you'll be able to understand them. Let's each watch it on a different streaming platform and see what we get. See what so happens. So everything about this movie is chaos that just happens to come together. Totally. Uh, Like they couldn't afford, they couldn't afford anything. Mm. And so they couldn't afford breakaway prop doors. So the actors, the actors are actually breaking through solid wood doors. (laughs) (laughs) Like this must have been, I don't know if anybody got hurt. I didn't find any information about that. Oh wait, no, I did. One actress broke her knee. Um, Ouch. But like just the wildly irresponsible stunts for sure. I get this um, vibe like Australians don't report minor injuries. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I I definitely. Um 
Another interesting thing I came across was that George Miller has said that it wasn't his intention that the script be set in a post-apocalyptic world. But like I said, they didn't have the money for sets. And so to up the production value, they just used the Outback and used that as production value and set it in a post-apocalyptic world. Mm. But uh, one thing you'll notice with this, this is the most like recent out of the films as far as like the timeline of when the apocalypse happens. So this is like right after. So they're still kind of like uh, some forms of like structure and civilization that are still in place in this film. Mm. But it's really just because they didn't have the budget to go full post-apocalyptic, which I thought was kind of interesting. It ends up working to their such advantage. such a main part. And what, what is hmm. that? It's a, it's not a flaw. It's a feature. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, And then to put this film in perspective, uh, because I kind of, I don't remember a lot about this film, but I was talking to Ralph on Twitter and Ralph was saying, everybody thinks they like this film, but they really like the second one, Road Warrior. And so I'm kind of concerned. Uh But to put this into perspective... (laughs) George Miller estimates that there's only actually 50 frames of explicit violence in the film. The rest is implied. So prepare yourself. This is a highly violent film, or at least it implies. To me, I put this on the level of like clockwork orangey mm. kind of vibe. Um, Wait, there's a lot of violence in that, though. There is. Yeah. That's why it's like a surprising fact that there's only 50 frames oh, of explicit oh, okay. violence. Mm. Yeah. I wasn't you would sure like, which it way would be... you were going with that statement. But the implication. Uh, no. Well, yeah. it's like, sna- it's like, is it, what we just recently, was it like Snatch where no one actually dies on screen? Yes. But like, but it's still like lots really... of death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I don't know if they did that for ratings or, or what, but. I, I was yeah. curious, Gene, what, mm-hmm. what's your connection to this movie? Why was this one of the. Yeah, why did that cut? One of your finalists. Um, I think it was in the list. I just, I, I haven't seen it since college, but I, I remember my impression was so strong of it after, like the sense that I was taken somewhere else. I think it helped that I saw it in the NYU library, which is like really one of the most boring <laughs> places in this part of the galaxy. Um, just tan and beige walls. And so that actually probably worked to heighten the sense of like, where the heck is this movie taking me? Um, so I thought if you were going for, you know, a retro feel of something that was really evocative, that would work. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like this was like maybe one of the films that really kicked off the whole like apocalyptic film genre, you know? Oh, yeah. Because it it's very like after this, you see just you know, ever since tons of them, but, but this specific, like in the desert with pieces, the cars that look like they're just like slapped together with different pieces. Like that aesthetic is definitely the Mad Max aesthetic. And in Japan, there was a series called Fist of the North Star. I think that, yeah, it ripped off a lot of, I think the same elements. I haven't seen it in a while. Have you guys seen that Fist of the North Star? No. No. I've heard the name before. Yeah similar so i mean the film that reminds me of like ripping off a ton is like tank girl you know you you look at tank girl and it's oh it's it's fun i'm not gonna say it's good i love it but it's fun Mm. (laughs) yeah so are we saying that i uh because there's there's two different aesthetics and one of them 
we've talked at length that I don't like the trash, <laughs> infinite trash future. Um, <laughs> is this infinite trash future or is this desert wasteland and the cars are just scrapped together? Because I feel like desert this wasteland is, like, is actually a good vibe. You know what mm. Burning Man looks like? Mm. That's this movie. It's <laughs> a great way of putting it. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like trash everywhere, but it's like things. Well, and the thing is, is I say that, but this is the first film and I think it progressively gets more like that. And this one might be the least of all of them. So it might be more like normal. Uh, Mm. By the time it gets to Thunderdome, it's like full scale. Like cars are like, you know, put together with different pieces of cars. Like cars have always been super important to the Mad Max films. And so like this idea of these cars that have been like customized with just whatever shit they could find, (laughs) you know, that feels very like Burning Man to me. Like Mm. you would see this in Burning Man. So that's more the aesthetic than just the like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like there's just garbage everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, but that movie was awesome, so just let's <laughs> cool down. <laughs> it's true. And wow. I mean, you know, there's what is coming out soon. Dune, I mean, totally different, but also Wasteland, right? For the most part. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that's the vibe I like is the Dune. Like, it's things yeah. suck, but it, they suck because it's inhospitable. Yeah, not well, that's just, just for trash. the uninitiated because... Um, <laughs> The Freeman, you know, the right. natives of Arrakis. No, it is actually a very livable and hospitable plane. You just need to know how to have respect for it and know how mm. to treat it. So I'm just being a smart ass. <laughs> no, it makes sense. <laughs> you're just, you're just going to start narrating to yourself about how, how much more uh, you know than everybody else. Uh, yeah, all the time. That's just. <laughs> no, it's, it's good to I mean, hear he talk about Dune. So. <laughs> Sorry, that was. That was also a Dune joke. Like ninety percent of the book is just the main character talking oh, right. about how awesome he is. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely. I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to catch the ire of the the forefathers that came before me in sci-fi. But yeah, Dune. Here's my controversial. Dune mm-hmm. is okay as a book. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Si- sidebar. And Pat just H- died. Agree. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. He just lightning Dune came is, down and struck yeah. him. <laughs> No, I I He's, fully agree for for the reason of the joke I made uh, because yeah. it's uh, the Steve it's the Stephen King effect mm. I, I talked about when we watched it, which is uh, the Dune universe is way more fun to think about and remember than yeah. it was to experience in the moment. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, it's a great idea for sure, but the execution, mm. yeah, because like I love the universe, like the world building mm. is awesome. Uh, I just I don't want to read the book again. <laughs> <laughs> did, you know, did you know they made a like a top down real time strategy video game? They did, the dude. Two thousand. That right, was a good something? game. Yeah, I heard it was like in the it. Command and yeah. Conquer style. Yeah, and it may have influenced StarCraft. I think I've heard. I don't know if that's oh. true. So, man, I would. I'm I'm really jonesing for some old school RTS. Yeah, like, that I've got play. the discs. Mm. <sighs> Mm. <laughs> right. we're canceling the show it's all queued up we're yeah. playing the five Starcraft. of us we're gonna go yeah there you go so kim you told us the last time you saw it what are your predictions about this film do you think you're gonna still enjoy it uh i i think so um i actually when you said that a lot of people confuse the second one with the first one, it actually made me think did i see the right one so it could be oh a, no it could be a, it could be a grab bag but 
We're going to find out anyway. I'm sure it'll be fun. I know. I'm curious. I'm curious if you saw this one. Or... I feel like I did see the first one. So, yeah, no, I'm sure it'll be exciting. Well, have the rest of you haven't seen it, right? No. No. Does anyone want to start with their predictions or what you think, what you think you'll like about this film? Uh. Sure. Uh, Mel Gibson's a piece of crap and uh, it's going to be a challenge to not see the piece of crap within him while watching this film. I'm going to try though. Mm. Uh, Outside of that. um, Yeah. It's really going to sway heavily on the aesthetic because i know i like mm. the the mad max action s- stuff uh and it's not even like a departure because it's the same director like I, I feel like we're gonna get a different version of the movie that i recently liked but like grittier and lower budget but that'll be fine low low budget's not a problem it's it's uh strictly it, it's gonna be the aesthetic that decides it for me mm. Mm. And the one you like is the Fury Road. Is that what you're saying? I enjoyed Fury Road. Yeah, because yeah. I'd say they're very different films. Ooh, okay. So I I don't know if that will be true for you. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. All right. <laughs> I acknowledge that Fury Road is a good movie, but personally, it was so stressful and tense that I did not mm. really enjoy the watching um and i fully acknowledge that it was like brilliantly done so i'm very concerned that i will acknowledge the fact that this is a good movie but i will not personally enjoy my experience watching it it is that is my prediction um mm. i think i will really appreciate how creative they're gonna be because i'm suspecting that i'm going to notice a lot of really cool creative filmmaking like hey they did that fancy thing low budget and i'm really impressed um so i'm looking forward to kind of watching it with that lens knowing that they had to really like work with what they got yeah Mm -hmm. so definitely that's a good point yeah i don't think you're gonna like this film either but (laughs) I, I i am so excited to meet someone else who felt the same way about fury road that i did because like i even love mad max and i love all the old mad max movies but i did not like fury road because mm. it was just the whole thing was just one car chase and there was no like ebbs and flows there was no moments where we could like catch our breath and like have a a character building scene or right. something and then on top of that like if you go back and you watch the original Mad Max movies, like his motivations in Fury Road completely contradict the character in the original Mad Max movies. And so it's just, I don't know, to me, it feels like a completely different movie, even though it is by the same filmmaker. But don't, um, don't get me wrong. I didn't not like did, Fury Road. I did <laughs> like it just it's not a Sam movie is all I'm saying. Did you see <laughs> Snowpiercer? Yes. I also mm-hmm. hate Snowpiercer. Okay, I hated really? Snowpiercer for reasons, but uh, uh, we we should we could do a separate one. Pat's grimacing over there. He's like, I hate no, you guys. Like, How am I on this? No, show? No, I don't. No, I have I don't, uh, so many reasons to hate Snowpiercer. Like, I would actually love to hear them. Not now. It's so stupid. Like, <laughs> and like. I could go on a whole tangent about how just the premise of that movie is so fucking dumb. But anyway, 
But yeah, well, so I was going to say it's, it, I don't know what point I was exactly trying to make, except that I think that Snowpiercer the same and Fury Road are the same movie, except I love Fury Road and hated Snowpiercer. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, was, yeah. Fury Road felt, I mean, I remember thinking like, where's this story? And I mean, not everything has to be mm-hmm. a, th- a sermon or a thesis about life and truth, but I was expecting a little more. So yeah. And the thing is, is like there's is more in the original Mad Max. I you remember know, like that. there's yeah. more character development with him. And like it's he's such an interesting hero because he's like the reluctant hero that doesn't really want to be like helping people, but ends up helping people. And so it's mm. it's just I feel like they lost that in the new one. Yeah. I will say the character with the best story in the new one was a side character with the guitar guy screen time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, guitar guy. The uh, um, Nux, the 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 stowaway. Uh, oh yeah. Oh right. Mm-hmm. His the his like internal bodies. character plotline was really great, but like mm-hmm. yeah, not they didn't really flesh out a lot of everyone else. Mm. Yeah. But hey, yeah. guitar guy. Guitar guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> guitar we need that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Call it Guitar Hero. <laughs> there you go. Okay, Pat. It's your um, turn. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm struggling here. Um, I think I, I'm gonna. Amuse, I'm gonna enjoy it. Fine. I think I'll be amused during it. I, I think. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be some stuff's not gonna hold up from a like. Wow, they were really like from the budget and the era it was filmed. I think some of that. I'm sure there'll be times like to Sam's credit point where it's like that's impressive they did that. There's gonna be other times where it's like. Dang, wish you had a few more bucks to throw at that <laughs> that scene. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> That's a good. Uh, I'm not super optimistic on the acting. Oof. Mm. Yeah. In it, I, I mean, um, as we said, the rest of the cast yeah. went on to do not much. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that it's all it's all dubbed too. Oh man, I, I'm gonna enjoy. It. I think I'm gonna at the end of the day still like be amused by it and. Somewhat entertained, but I, I am interested to see. This is a good point. Also, though. I know I haven't seen either of them, like sat down and watched them all the way through. I've seen like snippets. I know what I was thinking of when I was thinking of this movie was the second one at first, too. Mm. So right. I have like no frame of reference for this one. Yeah. Now I'm thinking the last Australian movie we watched was a total train wreck. Oh, Crocodile Dundee? Yeah. Oh. We literally <laughs> grabbed him by the pussy and we were like, oh my God, this is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder yeah. if it's, uh, I wonder if we're going to get any more of that cultural uh, comedy of the time. Uh, I, I don't hope know. Not. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's, think, I mean, this film is not a comedy yeah. at no, all. No, for sure. <laughs> so you, it won't be from a comedic perspective. There are some rough scenes that I remembered about today when I was doing the research. And I was like, oh, yeah, there is that. Oh, mm. oh man. Uh, so. Buckle your seatbelts. Brace um, yourselves. Yeah. There's no seatbelts in Mad Max. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I have not seen this movie since I was a kid. My dad loved Mad Max. And Mel Gibson in general. And so he had all of the films. Mm. Um, and I have been really excited to finally watch this on the podcast because I've been wanting to forever. But I am 
terrified that the one I actually really like is the second <laughs> right, one. Right, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, we'll I definitely, out. I don't remember specifics. It's been so long. Um, so we'll see. I remember liking them, but it could have just been that I liked, you know, Road Warrior. And mm. um, I remember Thunderdome was like, just it just goes off the rails in Thunderdome. You're like Tina Turner. What is happening? Oh yeah, <laughs> um, what? <laughs> she's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. If Sweet anything, dreams. I'm excited that oh wait, that's we will Tina watch Turner. this one and that we can move on and watch the second one eventually. Mm. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I think I think to understand the Mad Max character, which I think is another fault of the new film is they didn't really like explain any of it. Right. Is, you really have to understand his backstory to understand who his character is. And they kind of did it in the new movie with this like weird, like him, like, Oh, remembering someone screaming, help me or mm. whatever. But like, they didn't really like explain it to the viewer. So you just didn't know who he was if you had no context. The yeah, the new movies. one was definitely more of a Mad Max is the setting and not a person. Yeah, so mm. I enjoy him as a character, and so I'm excited to see that part of it. But I do remember the origin story, seeing it unfold is a little rough at times. So I think this is going to be a tough watch Oh boy, <laughs> for that and the dubbing and the low budget reasons. Um I'm not convinced that we will all enjoy it, but it'll be interesting. All right. From a filmmaking perspective. Yeah. We're going off road. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Really, really hard. So uh, let's pause the recording here and uh, we're going to go watch Mad Max and we'll let you know how it was when we get back. Yo, we've got a sponsor this week. That's right, we're being sponsored by The Hunted Encore, an action comedy rock musical mockumentary web series about New York City vampire slayers. Winners of more than 70 awards at over 50 festivals worldwide, The Hunted Encore ranked number four in the USA and number 27 worldwide in the 2018 Web Series World Cup. The cast and creative team features alums of Broadway shows such as Hamilton, The Great Comet of 1812, Dear Evan Hansen, and Hadestown television shows such as Empire, Ray Donovan, and The Affair, films such as Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and Hook, and radio programs like This American Life. The New York Times says, There will be fangs, fist fights, and bite me jokes, all set to guitar-driven musical numbers that will sound just like heaven to fans of 1980s straight-to-VHS action films. Literally, what more could you want? There are two seasons available now on the Fantasy Network. The total runtime is around 90 minutes, so it's a great addition to your Halloween viewing list. Find all the viewing links at thehuntedencore.com. That'll be in the description for the show. Let's rewatch, fans. Hey, that's you. Can receive 20% off any Charging Moose Media soundtracks or albums at chargingmoosemedia.bandcamp.com by using the code REWATCH at checkout. Be sure to drop them a line on Twitter at chargingmooseny or by using the hashtag, hashtag herecomethevampires, and let them know Let's Rewatch sent you. There you go. Now, sing one other line from that song. 
There isn't. It just is that for the Running with the devil. Completely different song. song. I know it is. It's another, it kind of, it's like a a song. Yeah. They might as well not be different songs. Yeah. Sounds like you guys are ready to go. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for anything you do. I like busting the, my 80s hair metal voice. It's so fun. You going to rock out on the guitar here? Oh, maybe another time. I can hear you, Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Hello, Tokyo. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> what do you think of the movie? Well, I, my, I, real quick, I have a question, Gene. Mm-hmm. And be honest, yeah, mm-hmm. was that the one you were thinking of when you suggested it, or was it, it the was other one? Not. Oh, <laughs> oh no! So uh, a fail. Uh, but uh, yeah, because uh, what I remember from college was the desert wasteland, and this was mm. not. For starters, mm-hmm. so. Oh no! I'm oh man, that's why I was like, "This is a very different film from Fury, Fury Road." Fury Road, yeah, that would be another oh, different, also, different, also, different. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. That's oh no, okay. we don't care. Yeah, there's stuff to talk about. There's yeah, a lot of stuff I feel like it was about. better than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, uh, I definitely had like much lower expectations i think because i watched the trailer and i don't know what the deal is with like trailers from back in the day but the quality of the footage in trailers back in the day always makes you think oh no this is going to be really low quality and then you watch the movie and you're like this is much higher quality than the footage in the trailer what why (laughs) i have i have long derided your practice of watching the trailers before we do these because it's like well, I was hosting. I had to remember. I had to refresh my memory. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's yeah. Sure. You never know what you're gonna get in a trailer. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It, I want to talk about at the gate because this thing has stuck with me. And I think movie villains. There are two things that make uh, a movie villain memorable, and that mm. is if there is something um, endearing about them. Like if they're like. Like a like a Loki, like Tom Hiddleston is adorable, and we all love him. And Loki is technically the—I mean, he has you know his whole redemption arc, but right even before that, he was liked. Or they're memorable if they're like fucking terrifying. And Toe Cutter was fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like up there for me. I was a scared of him. That's why I, I was like, like liking it to Clockwork Orange because like oh, yeah. the level yeah. of mm. like psychotic these characters are is yeah. like Clockwork Orange level also, of just deranged. A lot of the cinematography and like particularly the club scene felt very Kubrick, mm-hmm. very Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the the footage, like you said, like I was. I was expecting a lot more amateur quality visual storytelling, but like yeah. the shot no. choices and selections were really great. The cinematography is really like the selling point of this movie. Yeah. I, I kept remarking yeah. on like the uh, surprisingly like modern amount of camera movement that was in the film. Yeah, especially in the chase scenes. Um, yeah, the ch- I mean mm-hmm. the chase scenes, but even in like the dialogue scenes, they always had that like mm. you know shifting. Uh, shifting camera or that that long tracking shot through the parking garage or uh, mm. I don't know the the camera was moving way more often than it wasn't moving uh, but for a reason yeah. mm-hmm. it didn't feel like a cheesy action movie where they're just like 
moving you and it's all blurry. I mean, it was purposeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always helped sell the shot. Yeah. There was even like a shot where I was just like with a, f- a film with like almost no budget considering that I couldn't believe mm. they got it. But it was like a shot where the camera was down and wheel level yeah. tracking this car that's like speeding yeah. away. And I was just like, how did you even? I mean, the cameraman must have been leaning out a window or something. Right. I love that I'm sitting here while you four like film professionals are talking about like the cinematography and I'm just waiting to talk about the police chief's neck scarf. Oh my God. (laughs) Or his plant collection. I was going to say, this is such a 2020 movie. Like all of the people have beautiful indoor plants. Police are terrible and brutal. There's like vigilante Mm. gangs with their own guns going out and wreaking havoc. Like, but like very like leather daddy chief of police. Like, Mm-hmm. There was something going <laughs> yeah. on there. Yeah. What was, in his last scene where he's shirtless, but he has the scarf. <laughs> and you can see he's got like a chain necklace underneath it, but no oh. shirt and yeah. leather pants. Oh, man. Yeah, and he's, he's like chasing Mel Gibson right. down the stairs undressed. Just like, Yeah. I looked it up because like, what does he call him? His his name, the character's name is Fifi. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. Goodness. I dig it. Yeah. There you go. You know? Yeah, I like um, how he's, like, yeah. giving Mel Gibson's character mixed signals. He's like, yeah, sure, you can quit. Take some time off first, though. You'll be back. You know, like, yeah. he's, like, hot and cold with, like, mm-hmm. you can't let it go. You're addicted. But, you know, if you come back and you decide you want to quit, that's okay. Like like his won't. abusive, like, cop ex-boyfriend sort of vibe, which is like, go yeah. ahead, take some time yeah. off. You'll be back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need me which like, okay <laughs> yeah i mean i think and that's actually you know it's funny because we were talking about fury road at least my feeling of like there was no real substance but i like the theme that's kind of like an undercurrent of like there is a very thin blurred line between sanity and insanity it's like it's the bronze badge i think you know mel gibson's character says at one point and that makes it really interesting that you know especially um to see his arc for the movie to go from that mm-hmm. reluctant hero to like anti-hero. And um, it's funny because I, I was watching for the first time recently, Pink Floyd's The Wall, the movie version. Oh, wow. And, and I just feel like, and then I think they came out around a similar time and the, the insanity and craziness, because there's some like dystopic stuff in The Wall too. I think it works nicely. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. This was definitely a dystopian uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was really curious. I was actually, I'm like legitimately interested about the setting of this. And I kind of do want to go watch the road warrior again to see mm-hmm. if they address it yeah. at all in the open. If they address the tectonic shift of where society is at between the right. two movies, because like this definitely wasn't a, like everything's fine society, right? Like it definitely right. had elements of it's, there but it's like lessened it it feels like the cities or the places they were in were like a lot bigger like a lot than the population mm. right like the population was small for the setting if it makes sense like right. so something had happened and a lot of stuff looked run down um and like their halls of justice looked like they repurposed something else some other complex mm. into uh their police headquarters so I, I am curious it is very interesting it's like this isn't post-apocalyptic. It's like mid-apocalyptic or well, something. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of like yeah. Sam pointed out, and, and especially during the uh, the beach 
front scene and in, in uh, mm. the the guy in the car shop. Uh, it kind of, I mean, maybe mid apocalypse, but it also kind of just looked like uh like Northern California beach. beach <laughs> yes, it did. Like Bryce those, walked in and he was like, "This looks like California." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but like from from the environments to like the rundown state of the buildings that were still like inhabited <laughs> and running businesses out of them. Like there's the whole shack look uh, on the coastal side of Northern California <laughs> I mean, that this totally yeah. fits. I didn't say coastal California. To be specific, I said Central California. So when you're like driving, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, like when they're on the highways the in the middle too. But yeah. like I got I got those vibes like everywhere in the movie. Yeah. Where it was just like mm-hmm. this is run down, but like I've I've been here. I've <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, and that sort of threw me off when I was expecting. I guess the Road Warrior. Now that I know, and it's like, oh, this is instead is kind of a more like a rebel without a cause West Side Story kind of vibe, and then it, before <laughs> becoming something else. Um, yeah, but I think it, yeah, it speaks to the budget limitation. I think Ash, you were talking about that earlier. Yeah, totally. I'm curious, like you know what. Because it, it, I was expecting more post-apocalyptic than mm. this as well. Though I did remember that he was a cop and that he was still working as a cop, and that's like an important part of his backstory that I think is really interesting. Yeah, you know, is that he was on the side of the law, and that's kind of why, like, I think he always ends up doing the right thing eventually. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'm like curious, like. If they made it post-apocalyptic just because of money, like what would have they done if they had the money, you know, and didn't make it post-apocalyptic? How different would the story be? Because it it does feel like a story that like doesn't necessarily need to be in the apocalypse. It doesn't mm. feel like Mad Max, to be honest, this movie. Like if you had put it on for me without telling me and I didn't see the title, I would never have guessed that it was madness yeah. yeah that's why i was like this is so different from the new all one. the others it's, yeah and all the yeah all the others for sure it just gets progressively more post-apocalyptic as they go on like i said well, by the time they get to thunderdome it's just insane <laughs> well yeah but I, i'm i mean that's still you're already doing like crazy stuff in road war which i have mm-hmm. only seen like bits and pieces of but that's got mm. like that's got the, the the lord humongous guy with the, right. the, ma- the hockey mask or whatever and like and like what we think of with like wasteland post-apocalyptic stuff so yeah. But that's already kind of in that vein of like Thunderdome, Thunderdome, and then Fury Road. But I'm, I am kind of really interested to go watch it to see like, do they address that at all? The the pretty serious shift as far as like where, <laughs> when do they? You know, does it have it open or in any exposition where it's like, and then the bombs dropped or something, and then it's like, okay, right. okay. I feel like. And I could be totally wrong because I have not seen the other ones in a really long time. But I feel like it's always kept pretty vague as for what happened. I could totally be wrong. But I don't remember like a distinct event. Like if there's anything, maybe it's like text in the beginning. Because I feel like Mm -hmm. it just kind of glazes over that pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I was looking on the internet while I was watching like I guess at some point in the future, there's like a, a world war over uh, diminishing oil resources and that triggers mm. sort of the wipeout. But I guess it, yeah, like um, 
Pat was talking about, this movie is like maybe in the middle of that. It, it's really the second one. Definitely. I remember the text scroll at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's how they explain it in the second one. Yeah. Is they're just like, here's some text exposition moving on. <laughs> it was super cool that Lisa Simpson and Gunther from friends was in this movie. What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I know who you're talking about with Gunther. Who's Lisa? Because she plays the sax in the beginning. Oh my god! Oh, oh. <laughs> that's right. That felt so lethal weapon. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I that totally. This movie was like the inspiration for Lethal Weapon, right? Because the saxophone mm. music, the the cop that can't keep his shit together. It that is also Mel Gibson. Yeah, mm. that's true. Uh, go. I believe I don't want to speak. I believe his wife is also killed in the first Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. I don't oh, think she's still of, I want, killed in the movie. I think it's like in the past, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Right. Yeah. In Lethal Weapon, he was already terminally crazy, which is a term I'm not really a fan uh, of that they used a whole bunch in this movie. <laughs> but. <laughs> Mm. Did was they that, really? I don't remember anyone saying that. Yeah, the, the guy. They the said end. it about the. They said he's sick. Uh, oh, they said it about the the very first guy that they were chasing. Uh, and then they said it later. Uh, when they had that guy hostage at the police station, and yeah, later mm. on in the movie, I can't remember when they brought it up again, but they kept saying "terminally crazy," and I was like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a was thing." A different but okay. time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh were, so was there a child's name Sprague? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that had me going for a double take, too. Okay. <laughs> I like how we got to the end of the movie, and that's when we finally found out the kid's name, too. Like, no idea up until that point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think- also, I'm sorry, but, like, maybe watch your kid and your dog better. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah, I was like, she's just leaving the beach without her dog? <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have been very so, worried. That grandma with the shotgun. She's so badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was the that's best. Funny. Yeah, that yeah. was dope. That was... But it's she interesting also that, like, left the baby. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh it was just but that's kind of a weird the ending was weird for me with like that's the cycle of events. So she pulls the gun on him and then I, I did forget, like, oh yeah, they none of them actually have guns. They just have like, you know, craziness and numbers. And then she gets him in the barn. And they try to drive away. I guess it makes sense, but it's just like they're being very like agreeable with her, but then they're all going to come at them. I don't know in the motorcycle. I, it just was like there's got to be a better way you could have handled the situation. Get out of there! But um, well, I was saying like when she's like get out of the car and run, and she's just running down the road, and I'm like maybe run where they can't drive. Yeah, like mm-hmm. off to the side and hide in the grass or something. Yeah. Uh, and and then it's also weird too because like technically we leave this film not knowing if his wife died or not. Yeah. Because like mm. the doctors were like, you know, maybe she'll recover. Maybe, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the next film starts and they clarify the fact that she's dead, but like uh, right. you know, he goes on mm-hmm. this like psych psychotic rampage and like she might not actually be dead yet. We don't know. Well, the kid's dead. Yeah, the right? kid is dead. Yeah. It's a brutal arc. 
the whole, the whole but I, I love the character development that it's there. Yes. I'm trying to think like did Fury Road even attempt any sort of character development or arc? No, so there's this one moment where I think he like turns down helping them and he's standing there and we just sort of had this moment like in his head where he like hears a woman and a child screaming. And I, I think we're mm. supposed to like, if you've seen the other films, you realize that that's like all his wife and child and all the other people that he like hasn't been able to save kind of thing is what mm. I think they're going mm-hmm. for. But like out of context, if you haven't seen this first movie, you have no idea what that's about. <laughs> yeah, that seems... Uh... It felt, I mean, Fury Road, it feels like he's more dealing with PTSD and less like his mm. character arc. Like they've, he's already been developed as a character. Like I feel like they don't need to rehash that. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, but yeah. like that's what that moment was. And I'm just saying like if you were a viewer who hadn't seen these other films, you wouldn't understand that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I could see that. But I mean, uh, I feel like in a big way, well, to two 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 things one this movie wasn't really about max until like more than half of the way through it uh (laughs) which is kind of how they set up fury road too uh like max shows Mm -hmm. up but he's like he's kind of like the supporting character uh but two i think bigger than that is i think they're the same movie uh i don't think there's any difference between this movie and fury road except for the long extended car chase You've got, but this movie is well. Long-extended you've got the chase. biker gang terrorizing the town true. Uh, with with a deranged, like super intense leader guy that everyone worships. You've got um, the the one reluctant bad guy uh, who is like forced to do bad, uh, but doesn't really want to be as evil as they want him to be. You get the mm. uh, here it was the death of the wife and the kid in Fury Road. They had uh, the one of the uh, the brides that got killed that they were trying to avenge. Um, like they <laughs> they even had the guy on the pole pole vaulting yeah. onto the gasoline truck to steal the the gas. Uh, the, it, I think Fury Road is like the just the redo of this Re- remake. Film. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, to me, the big difference is all of the character development with his character and you know there's none of that in Fury Road. We don't get any moments where his character changes or or develops. We don't get those moments like the montage of them going on the trip and like connecting and having, you know, like that's such a great montage. Like it's mm. awesome. I love that character development and the connection and it makes me care about him as a character and right. her as a character, but you don't get any of that Fury Road. The only point we get is like him for like a second hearing screams and that's it. Yeah. And well, so I mean, to like, me, I mean, that's a huge Fur- difference. Fury Road's not about him really though. Yeah. Fury Road's about Furiosa. Yeah. But that's why I'm saying it's like not, it feels like not a Mad Max film to me because like the Mad Max films are about Mad Max. Mad Max, right. Yeah. Like they are I mean, very like the other ones too always have like a character arc with him and an internal struggle that he's dealing with. And like we never get that in the new one. Hmm. We get it for like two seconds yeah, and it's, it's out just of context. All spectacle. All visual. Fury Road's more like a rogue one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think way it's, putting it. And I think it's okay if that's what they're trying to do. 
if that's what I want to do. And I, I found it enjoyable enough. It is very stressful, Sam. You're right. It's just because it doesn't <laughs> let up ever once it starts. It's just like yeah, it's ten nonstop. Um, yeah, but um, I mean, I I see what you're saying. This the thing with this movie was what's interesting to me is there to me at least there wasn't a, a super clearly defined narrative arc. It was just kind of like stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm. It was just kind of like. One thing Stop. leads to another. I mean, a little bit, and it's yeah. it's it's a little like the the clearest through line. It actually is, has again not much to do with Max because it's like random that um, Jess runs in to the bad guys, and that like sets off the climax of it. Mm-hmm. But I thought you had like they had it set up where it's like he ran Night Rider off the road, and Night Rider died. By the way, they use that like one frame of like eyes bucking out twice. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. it was like, <laughs> um, but uh, and they set it up where you have this through line of he was doing his job and this like crazy criminal person died. The gang is going to come back for revenge, but they don't know. Even the chief, even Chief Fifi, which is, <laughs> I love saying that. Um, chief Fifi's like, oh, they're gunning for you. He's like, ah, so whatever, bring it on. And, but they aren't. They don't really know who Max is. If anything, they, and then they end up targeting Goose because of the incident, like at the station, um, with a very convoluted plan where they cause his bike to break down, but then they don't attack him till he's driving the by the way why is he driving like the tow truck and the guy who brought yeah, it stays behind that was really weird um, but it's it just the thing you say you know character development with max i see what they're doing but what was weird about him in the first half especially is he seemed to like bounce back and forth between i thought he was like this real tough badass cop that's how they set him up without any words in the very beginning mm. and then his line about i'll add it to my list of people that want me dead so it sounds like he like loves this and gets off on it, but he's also quit a bunch of times and come back because he wants to be a family man. I don't know. It felt mm. incongruous. Well, if that isn't like the most like, 2020 cop thing ever where it's just like, yeah. like, oh yeah, I love my job as long as I can fucking beat people and kill people with impunity. Like, is, <laughs> oh no, there's repercussions. Yeah. Oh God, I don't want to do this. I think that's why he was like saying he didn't want to be a cop is because he didn't like that that was the lifestyle that they that you know he was specifically saying like the only he says at one point like the only difference between me and them is the badge and like i don't like that yeah that's that's a good i was going just from like a from like a storytelling what was interesting Mm -hmm. was like i feel like you had it all there you have a villain who's very terrifying and very scary and formidable and you have a reason for the villain to come after the hero. And then you could play that out, but they didn't really capitalize on it. And they even had dialogue that seemed like they were going to. And then they kind of went away with it. And it's just, it's like chance that they come in together. Because they did it twice. They did it two times where it's like, okay, here's how their paths are going to cross. And Max is going to win and save the day. First is in the process of like the cold open job, a, a lackey of this bad, this villain is killed. The villain's going to come after him for revenge. Okay. He didn't do that. All right. But they had a, one of his best buddies. They killed his best buddy in a horrific way. Okay. Max is going to go fucking get him. No, if they hadn't just happened to bump into them on their vacation, Max would have never done shit about mm. this motorcycle gang. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a pass. I mean, it's a small moment, but I think it fits in the ballpark of what you're getting at. I, I, you, I think at the end where it's like that, there's a tense chase scene, right? It's just the final. It's a bad guy and Max and like they're both. Max is very active, but then this truck comes out of nowhere and solves the problem. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a, it's he doesn't. He like, doesn't beat. He yeah, doesn't he's not the active protagonist. Yeah. yeah, he's um, which robbed me a little. You know, it's a little deuce as Machina. For me, but I think it speaks to like the like strangely, like he looks like an active character, but there's a lot that's like passive about him, whether mm-hmm. it's that the, or like, yeah. I feel like the fate he did to Johnny would have been way better for Toe Cutter, like totally. chaining. Right. Because, like, yeah, that guy yeah. has inflicted so much torture and pain on other people. It closes it like, full circle. Yeah, that would have been so much more fitting. But how awesome was that shot? <laughs> I mean, it was oh, pretty it was cool. Million dollar shot. <laughs> Three hundred fifty thousand dollars shot. That's the thing. That that's. The, I feel like that's the two different worlds of Mad Max. Is like there's the world which Fury Road completely lives in, which is. But isn't this a cool shot? And then there's the right. world of like, but the story, you know, like oh, the and story. They can't, like decide that. And they this definitely isn't yeah. the best Mad Max story. I think uh, Road Warrior is probably the best mm. one as far as like the story arc goes. And then, like I said, Thunderdome is fucking weird. Um, I mean, so you're totally right, Pat. Like there, there were just story decisions in this that were odd. Like, why didn't the police go? They weren't hiding. They were just hanging out by like ice cream shops in the beach. And the, and they're like these horrific serial, like rapists and murderers. And it's like the police didn't do. And honestly, when he just decided, Oh, I'm going to actively try to stop them. Max stopped him pretty easily single hand. Like he ran the whole gang off the bridge (laughs) and there's just like the the three main people left. Well, Um, there's your, your 2020 social look at that stuff. Questions that people weren't asking at the time. They couldn't uh, execute the one guy that they actually had in custody after like a dozen bikers attacked a couple and uh, presumably like molested them. And And the reason they couldn't like, the reason they couldn't prosecute them was because they didn't show up. The bad guys didn't show up to the no, thing. No, the yeah, victims right, didn't yeah. show up. Uh, the victims didn't show up. Well, they said the up. bad guys too, though. Yeah, yeah well, well they, what they, they were saying was the victims the, yeah. wouldn't show up. And nobody in the town that saw all the stuff happen would show up. And the questions mm. unasked are, why wouldn't anyone in the, why wouldn't even one person in the town say, oh yeah, I saw that yeah. crime happen. And it's because these cops are, uh, one super ineffective uh and two like <laughs> super dangerous they aren't any better than the criminals uh and no. i feel like that's you know you yeah. can't if you can't trust that the police are going to actually protect you then yeah i get why there's no snitches in in mad max world mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i mean as they say multiple times in the movie like nobody believes in heroes anymore like i think mm. the idea of police coming to help you in this movie is not that's not the world they live in anymore. Well, it's uh, like mm. the police, the only thing they want to do is get revenge on people that have wronged them. Because that's how they yeah. start out is they're like on the radio, we have two cop killers on the run. And then they're like, oh, well, they killed cops. We better go get them. <laughs> yeah, and they totally killed like mm. regular civilians in that chase. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Those were bad accidents. Like, yeah. Yeah. Also, how did nobody die during the filming of this? Because 
cheap. Oh my god! Yeah. Right? Those stunts are Some insane of those. and dangerous. Yeah, Sam gas, especially the motorcycle ones. Yeah, yeah. When that guy got hit he in the head with the bike, arm run over. Yes, oh I was god, about yeah. to say that. I was like, uh, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I didn't even I was, think about that. I was just that. thinking about that. Yeah, that one. That one was brutal because you're like, okay, I saw it. Yeah, that had to have been an accident. And they're like, you're okay, you're okay, okay, great. We're using <laughs> like, that yeah, shot. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Shake it off. Like, shake it off. Yeah, shake it off. <laughs> yeah it's it, it's interesting. It makes me, especially in comparison with, um, you know, because like it's it's when I was at Pixar um, interning, like they had a saying, "Story is king," and I mm-hmm. really think that they. Um, for me, at least, like they model that like adherence to like story first, spectacle, and technical achievement later, and you know all the things we're talking about. It's like yeah, they're obvious plot holes, but I guess because of the shock factor of you know these incidents in this movie and in other movies, like dude, does that actually cover up you know the sins of story? You know, it's like at the end of the day, is it just entertainment? It, it really makes me think because when we yeah. just dissect it, like it, it kind of falls apart. Totally. And I mean, that's that's my whole gruff with the new one is because it's such a, a beautiful spectacle. Everyone's like, it's great, though. Right. And I'm like, well, OK, I, yeah, but I, I think they're just Fear Road is trying to accomplish something different. And I think they were trying to accomplish mm. a mood and attention, which they did flawlessly. Like they mm. it had everybody on the seat of their pants. And I think are on the edge of their seat. Sorry. Uh, I'm on the edge <laughs> of my pants. by the seat of pants on the edge of the seat. I love it. We just invented yeah. a new idiot yeah. tonight. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to give call Ash up for inventing gruff for when you have a problem with something. Because I think you said, right, Mike, you said Mike gruff with furry fury. I'm like, I can vibe with that. Like, yeah. yeah. I got some I got gruff. a real gruff with this thing. Mm. Yeah. But I, I my think gruff like, with this movie. New t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I think especially because it's the same director, um, mm. it it definitely feels like the same director. So I think they were able to take more liberties and um, just kind of try to be creative, which honestly I think is this director's strength is he's able to take like restrictions, creative restrictions and like come up with something really cool and creative out of mm. it. Um, so I think he was just like seeing where else he could take the genre and the movie and the world. I just want to be in the room when somebody pitched that he should be the guy that directs Babe. <laughs> no, it was the producer. Right. I thought it was the producer. No, no, no. he directed the Babe the movie. No, he directed Babe and this. That's uh, funny. And this Babe was next. I really <laughs> wanted the scene, last scene with Chief Fifi to end. Where he's shirtless with his scarf and he's telling him to go take a vacation for him to pat Max on the head and say, I'll do Max. That'll do. <laughs> so good. That would be, be so great. Uh, Funny. But we should maybe watch Babe for the podcast because uh, Babe yeah. Lost in the City is actually from like everyone in animation's point of view, a surprisingly good and solid movie and really well executed story. Mm. Wait, so, did it have a subtitle? Is it animated? I, was, I thought Pig in the City was the second one. Or maybe... That's the one that yeah. he did. That's the one he That's did. That's the second one. Oh, I thought he did oh, both. Oh, he didn't oh. do the first one. No. Mm. No, but the second one so. is notorious for being actually good. <laughs> really? Right. I don't think I've ever seen it. What? I mean, the first one was good I enough think... to get a sequel. <laughs> yeah. 
It's true. Happy Feet too, I think, is also critically acclaimed, right? Uh, yeah. I haven't seen maybe. it. Maybe. I don't I know. remember it got a lot of people talked about it a lot. But it's, I, right. even at the time, I don't know if I was like super into what, oh, I remember exactly. why I didn't like it. And it was uh-huh. real forward with its, uh, like, like, I'm not religious, but like, I don't like the film that tells young children to like, fuck religion. And that's, that's the whole mm. plot of Happy Feet was fuck religion. And I was like, that oh, feels really? bad it's uh, i'm okay with that (laughs) it's in like a weird ambiguous time like march of the penguins Mm. had just Uh, come out and like climate change mm -hmm. was new and so brett i want to hear more about this fuck religion (laughs) (laughs) well apparently he's anti (laughs) oh i see i see what you did there so maybe it is maybe it's just mad max in spirit but in an icy instead of desert <laughs> uh, the fuck religion is where you find Mad Max furry road oh god and Fifi oh, oh. oh hello there it hello. is hello okay alright let's do well, wrap we should up. do a cross- crossover yeah <laughs> uh, um, oh wait, wait before we do though I just wanted to remark like I feel like the, the acting was way better than I thought it would be yeah. I mean it's not like yeah. amazing but like it was pretty decent considering it was such a small budget film. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The, uh, Matt, Max, uh, Mel Gibson, obviously the, the star power here, even though he wasn't at the time. <laughs> right. No. Like this was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and in the trivia, I read that like, he didn't even like, in, intend to audition. His sister was auditioning and he came with her. And apparently he had gotten into a bar fight and his face was like all like bruised and everything. And they were like, well, we need people. So just come back in three weeks when your face is healed. And they didn't even recognize him. And they asked him to read for the main part and he got it. So he wasn't (laughs) even like trying. Wow. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, he can smolder. He can can. can smolder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The smolder and the crazy eye. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he can do a crazy eye. Which he, de- um, like you said, he definitely, uh, this is a big springboard for his lethal weapon for Riggs. Yeah. And then it was him. Like his, and- kid, like the way his acting, you see, ele- you see like, like the, you see like the genesis of Riggs, like the crazy yeah. eye stuff. And like oh, the- absolutely. Well, I feel like that gets even more in the other ones too. Like he get he's, his like level of crazy is like pretty low in this mm-hmm. but in the other ones he's like a yeah, little bit more unhinged and unpredictable and well i feel like you could more say that this movie was a direct prequel to leave the weapon like they open up and <laughs> like <laughs> yeah martin riggs is a crazy cop who's not gonna follow the rules is just willing to shoot whoever he needs to like okay yeah that was that's what's next for this yep. story um but go. yeah it was mel gibson the guy who played yeah. Toe cutter. What what is Lethal Weapon like with the lens of 2020? Oh, oh I'm sure not good. Not, and I used to really like those movies. We just we watched especially one the fourth one with Jet Li. I really liked the fourth one. Not with me, didn't we? Didn't we watched, we watched two mm-hmm. of them? We watched Lethal we watched, Weapon with you. No, we watched it with Nick. We watched two of them. So we watched mm-hmm. the first Lethal Weapon oh. and the one with Jet Li. Oh, did we watch the one with Chris yes. Rock on the podcast? I believe so. It's Jet Li and Chris Rock. Yeah. Uh, uh, did we watch that one? Maybe I, not. Really I don't think we. I think we only did There's one. 
Really? Maybe we did too. I don't Maybe know. we watched the first one mm. on the podcast and then you made me watch all the Lethal Weapons that, after. That happened. <laughs> mm. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was the dumb. Okay. Anyway, uh, I was trying right. to back up Ash's comments about the, the acting being so damn good. Uh, because even the side characters <laughs> were sell. Well, I don't want to say all the side characters were selling it. I feel like most of the gang members flopped, but uh, his <laughs> wife yeah. was awesome, uh, and the granny the was, it was great. Yeah, yeah. Did we? Like I mean, the goose? Fifi was great. Let's be honest. Fifi's great. I want you, <laughs> Fifi. Uh, did we like Goose? The Goose. Oh yeah. How you, feel about him? You, you, you felt for him when he was trapped. Yeah. yeah, goose, goose. <laughs> when he was dying, Gene, that's when you had sympathy I, I, for. I, at the least, <laughs> he really sold say? the abusive cop angle in a in a in a mm. human way. I, like not like he wasn't just like right. flying off the handle and like trying to hurt people. He was like you know uh, mm. caught up in his own like righteous rage, uh, and you were just like, mm-hmm. I mean, at least I understand why he's doing this very, very bad thing he's doing. Yeah, totally. Um, did you guys catch the yeah. shot? Uh, one of the first shots when Max is in that little beach cottage with his wife and the baby is playing with a gun. Yeah, what? yeah what? I remember that. You the, missed that. The gray yeah. silver gun. Like their home? Like yeah, their home, or... in their house. I was like, oh, wow. that baby's going to die. They were never watching that kid. No, like it's no. a fucking miracle that baby no. didn't kill himself. Like, I don't think uh, either of them ever held the baby until she took him <laughs> back from at the very end. She took him away. I don't you know if she ever. But she's throwing him in the trunk. <gasps> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without a baby seat. Yeah. And the then there's also like, time. they're like uh, doing the romantic montage. And like half the time the baby's with them, and half the time they're like leaving the car on the side of the road to go like swim in the river without right. the baby. And I'm like, Who's watching? Where is where is this baby? Well, oh, to be fair, I the baby probably before, can't swim. Yeah. Sorry, Pat, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Oh, no, I was going to say, that's for me, like, it's one of, everyone has their thing, like, if you know a lot about something, right, and you see it in movies, it stands out more, right? If it's mm-hmm. if it's incorrect, like, if you have friends who are doctors or something, they're mm. sometimes insufferable to watch movies with, because they're going to point out every, like, um, we're friends with a horse For me, girl. like, it's, ba- it's like baby stuff. It's like, <laughs> It you the father in like or in movies or shows when there are parents, but the kids are like never around, and the parents get to do all this fun stuff and go out and they're doing <laughs> stuff mm. and like shows and movies. Like you can't do that. You have who? So what? Do you have like three nannies that are in like shifts, like first, second, yeah. and third shifts, so you can just like <laughs> do whatever the hell you want? Because right. like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like you, you can't just. Like, it's been like five episodes. Where's your kid? Where's your kid? <laughs> uh, logic yeah. goes out the window. Yeah, I, I'm just curious, you know, because it's I, and I've wondered, and I, there might there might be something like this. You would think in Hollywood, with like or wherever films are made, that these things are such big investments that they could hire. I don't know. Maybe it's a script doctor or somebody to just objectively look at the logic of things and make sure that you know it doesn't have to be a scientific. Uh, academic research paper level of accuracy, mm-hmm. but like at least try to plug some of the holes. I would think there'd be some sort of safeguard like that, but I guess there's not really, right? I mean, there are script doctors for sure, right. but yeah, I think I think it all it all depends. I think it also like 
you know, like a big push in Hollywood lately is like, hey, if you're going to have ethnic characters, maybe you should have an ethnic person like read the script and give you feedback, you know, or stuff like that. Or like, uh, like, wasn't that why Wes Anderson got like a bunch of heat for his um, stop motion Isle of the Dogs was because he had like a Mm. bunch of stuff that was actually offensive to Japanese people. And it's like all it would have taken is just give the script to a Japanese person to ask them to read it for you, Mm. you know, or something. Um, So, yeah, it's I I don't know that it always happens and probably probably most of the time doesn't because a bunch of white men run Hollywood. (laughs) So What? News. I know. Surprising. Shocking. White um, men. Where are the worst? And I, a, a new theme song. I came up I, with a new theme song. My uh, <laughs> historical knowledge of how the movie industry works isn't like mm. tops. So I kind of wonder, uh, and maybe some of our listeners could, could leave us a comment because I'm actually genuinely curious. You know, stuff like mm. having a script doctor and like con- continuity people are commonplace from big budget to small budget these days but that's with the glut of you know i mean like ash went to film school like how how long were film schools around you know uh was that Mm -hmm. a thing everyone did back in the 70s uh were there were there books really teaching everyone how to do it or was it just like maybe you've got a couple of people who like really know their shit on set and everybody else is kind of like oh yeah we're in hollywood now like how when (laughs) when did hollywood become professional at all levels and not just for like Mm. mega studio productions i I would say like Mm, the 40s 50s 40s 50s but then also like in the 70s calling in a professional would have been calling in one of those old white guys that were totally okay with separate but equal to read your script like (laughs) their options were not great the newer people that mm-hmm. knew less were probably more PC and better at reviewing this stuff than the old timers. Yeah. But that's a good point, Brett. Like, Hollywood and film is not that old. Like, it's just over 100 years old at this point. Yeah. And we're, and, and that's right. even then, that's still talking like studios. But like, yeah. these guys, they, they had $350,000, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, where, where'd that money come from? Who backed this? Like, where? Right. Uh, it feels like you know you don't well, know. Well, apparently what they he have. earned the money by by working um at a hospital. <laughs> and so like his uh, inspiration for the film came from seeing motorcycle and car accident victims. Gross. Really? Uh, oh, but that also, explains it. So wait, he financed it himself? Yeah. I don't know if he completely financed it himself, but he he apparently raised funds that way by by working at this wow. hospital. That's, I mean, damn, this is the bitter millennial in me. In 1979, you could work an entry-level job at a hospital and make enough money to make a $300,000 film, and we get shit for our avocado toast and $4 lattes. Okay, but, like, also the guy was obviously (laughs) a genius behind the camera. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Whatever else, whatever else they had, I mean, obviously they had a good stunt person, too, but, uh... Mm -hmm. Like, did just, they? We don't really know. Well, they yeah. just, <laughs> nobody did anything after because they all died. Very, Nothing like has given us evidence that, the, the, that they yeah, had that. It's sealed um, away. There's like so many people died during this. Yeah. But the <laughs> law wasn't they like you go to Australia, there's like a Mad Max law of nineteen eighty, the year after it came out. I was yeah, like, right. okay, 
you have to disclose if someone dies. And they're like, good, shoving this stack of papers to the side of death certificates. Good thing that law came out this year. That's so like, funny. I just watched uh, um, Class Action Park, which is just mm. a horrifying tale of this uh, water park in the 80s that was like insane and people would die and they'd just be like, oh, well. And there were laws saying that like, with like loopholes where they didn't have to report this shit. Uh-huh. So like maybe Pat, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. If they, no, it's like Disneyland. Just... Nobody ever dies in Disneyland. They like mm-hmm, die en route mm-hmm. to the hospital. That's Mad Max. Yeah. Serious. Oh, nobody died on set. Right. They died just... on their way to the hospital. Hospital. <laughs> yeah. No animals Dark. were harmed in the production of this movie, but people were. But yeah. pre-production, well, yeah. so <laughs> many were killed. <laughs> uh, in between watching it, I was reading was just this random article that in the 70s or 60s in Australia, it's kind of a tangent, there's a big rabbit problem. Like they had like billions of bunnies that oh. were taking over the country. So I thought, oh, maybe that's what happens between Mad Max 1 and 2. Just the bunnies take over and eat everything. <laughs> Bunny get in. There you yes. go. <laughs> But what were you going to say? I was just going to talk about the, I mean, stunt people get getting injured is still like such a crazy big problem today. Like that's one mm. we haven't really mm-hmm. solved. Like, yeah. uh, no. uh, Mila Jojovich's, uh, stunt woman, right. she lost her leg or did she die? Well, there was the guy on the bat. Was it the Batman film? One of the new Batmans that died, right? Yeah. A stunt man. There was the car that crashed into the production tent too. Yeah, yeah, they Whoa. they the yeah the car that crashed into uh um crap now I can't remember the the editing bay because mm-hmm. they just they set it up oh. like in the path of the stunt. Oh no! Oh, wow, oh, my that's God. awful. Way yeah. to bring us down, or, Brad. Thanks for that. No, it's just it's just crazy so like, to see. No, a movie I mean, it's that, not all him. It was kind of like a round robin. Of, it was kind of like a round robin of terrible things. The stunts in this movie were. Brutal. I mean, I don't yeah. even know how they got the shot of the big rig running over I the know. motorcycle. Like, yeah. how did they, uh, like, if you think about, like, okay, f- how was that safe for the big rig? And then, like, on top of that, like, so what, I guess that was, like, a dummy, but how did they get the motorcycle to move forward right under. without anyone on it? And, like, what? My brain just explodes. Yeah. I, know. I, I, I feel like the this. biggest yeah. question is how they got the motorcycle to go without anyone on it. But uh, yes. I can tell you, having <laughs> seen a big rig accident, ain't nothing stopping mm. a big rig. Like there's no danger Ugh. if if the vehicle is small enough. I just love Ash's mind. Like Ash's are getting stressed out. Like if I had to make that shot, what would I do? How would I make that shot? If I <laughs> you don't do understand. That? that does stress me out. Yeah. And, and I'm just I over here like that. I'm like ooh cargo splody. Yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm sitting here like, how the fuck did they shoot this? How did they do? It? How did they coordinate it? That's how did they a producer do right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just. Oh man, there were, there were so like, there was another shot of a motorcycle. Like, uh, it was goose when Mm. it was what you pointed out earlier, Pat, where you're like, he, he like crashes on his motorcycle and then calls a tow truck. Like, why didn't they just attack him then? I don't know. So so that's where my brain starts going. Like, come on, what are we doing here guys? Yeah, no, I thought the same thing, (laughs) but then, I mean, clearly it was just so that they could flip that tow truck, but like, 
Mm-hmm. Like, there's a shot there where, like, a real person flies off of a motorcycle. Right. And I was just like, how did they get this? How did they do this safely? Somebody jumped off well, of a motorcycle. See, you're the big assumption in that question there, Ash. And it's <laughs> the word safely. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. I want to do a, c- a correction before the internet yells at me. <laughs> was uh, okay, do it. Uh, Mila Jovovich's stunt woman only lost her arm? She's not dead. Uh, oh, <laughs> so oh, thank goodness for that. Only her arm. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. I was confusing that with uh, the Deadpool two shooting accident. But yeah, stunt people get hurt all the time. They don't get enough recognition. Uh, it's ridiculous because because they're there to to be the person who gets hurt instead, and mm. uh, mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, that's a crazy job description. Yeah. Yeah. Dax Shepard talks about it a lot uh, on his podcast, The mm. Armchair Expert, because he's a stunt driver and he was a stunt driver for like a long time. And he talks about just like the absolute crazy shit he would do and like how in his brain he's like, I should probably be like scared of doing this. Why am I not? You know, he's like <laughs> totally okay with it. But he recognizes that, like, it's kind of a psychotic thing to do. Mm. Yeah. And, like, you, I mean, I imagine there's some, like, you know, the appeal to authority. Like, someone says to do this because they've thought about it and, like, it should be okay to do, you know? And so often it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, with Dax, he talks about how, like, like, he's like, I can't believe I get paid to do that shit. Because, like, this is the type of stupid shit I'd probably do by myself, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Whoa. Speaking of those stunts, I was really curious. I couldn't help myself. You know how to do my Googling. Mm. Uh, many of the action scenes were shot at real speeds. The shot of Goose's speedometer reading 180 kilometers was per it? hour what? is a real one. Oh. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's so crazy. Is, how fast is that in? <laughs> in American? M's per H. <laughs> It's 50 miles per hour. I'm just kidding. No, it's like one, it's like 120 or something like that. Insane. Well, you know, you did say they didn't secure permits or anything, right? So, yeah. 111. Oh, I've gone faster than that once. They've had all those sweet, (laughs) sweet muscle cars. It's, it's, It's crazy. Can you imagine like trying to do that? in the u.s and get away with it somewhere like in the midwest or something like you get caught but i guess out there they had enough mm-hmm. um low population density to pull all that shit off yeah yeah i did that driving down the five once and almost got caught okay. <laughs> oh, no. so okay. the thing about the stomach he yeah that was a human being Gary, I'm sorry, what? Uh, which was a human being? The big you need to sorry. clarify which stunt. Off, 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 like the motorcycle that flew off the motorcycle. Oh, okay. The okay. Gary Gauslaw broke a world record when he rode his four cylinder bike over 28 meters and jumped off at mid flight. Oh, oh my God. God. That really Did he break happened. anything else? No. Well, the only significant injuries were not happened during filming. They were happened when two of the act, like a stuntman and an original actress cast as Max's wife, were speeding because they were late to get to the set. And they got cut oh. off and crashed and both suffered broken legs, causing the actress who was going to be his wife to be replaced by who ended up doing <gasps> oh it. Oh, my God. So they oh, just bummer. got all of the actors with a fucking death wish. That's how they made this movie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Every crash was shot in one take. 
Well, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No readers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, those are real cop cars that were decommissioned. Oh, oh interesting. Oh. I was wondering. That's I was I like, go 120. Yeah. <laughs> How many cars can you buy for $350,000? Yeah. <laughs> Depends on the car. How so, many decommissioned cop cars? A Bentley? Cars? Yeah. The answer is almost one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ash, you were saying that you shot something like that, like a, an action sequence? Like oh, well, I so I um, I shot something for this company that uh, they make superchargers for cars. Mm. And so it was like a marketing video mm. where we got to race two trucks that were supercharged. Whoa. I think they were Dodges on um, – they rented out an Airstrip. And so oh, they raced them down an airstrip, and I put like five GoPros on each vehicle. Wow! And got to film these cars like racing, and That's then I nice. made another video for them with this famous boxer that they supercharged his uh, Camaro, I think it was, mm. and uh, or no, it was a Charger. It was a Dodge Charger, and he. They were like, okay, so for the end. It was like, you know, documentary style, like I'm filming them do his charger and I'm filming him talk about it and everything or challenger. Sorry. And, um, and then the end they're like, okay, you're going to get in the car and he's going to test drive it. And I was like, okay. And I get in the car and we're on like normal surface streets and this dude's going 90 mm-hmm. and doing donuts in the middle of intersections. And I was like, I am going to die. Yeah. Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> Because you were in the car, it was just, right? Just me and him in the car, and I'm like filming him, like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> wow, that's the closest I've ever got to that speed. That is Mad but. Max right there. Holy moly! Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go to Florida to like Daytona shit. Raceway, you can um, you can pay to ride in a race car. I think they go like wow. almost 200 miles an hour. If I Remember, oh geez. my gosh! That's and the like sides are super slanted. That, right? Yeah. Did, have wow. you done, have you done it or you know? No, I was it? too little. My mom, uh, my dad, and my aunt did it. I, if I did it now, I would be really, really sick. I I get mm. really bad motion sickness. I mean, to be fair, I got it when I was a kid too. But mm. kids are dumb and they'll mm. do whatever because it's cool. I'll, I'll pass on the two hundred <laughs> mile per hour. Sam never does anything cool now. <laughs> yeah it's I don't crazy. really want to barf in a helmet in front of a stranger thank you yeah mm. it's uh fun times but if it's like the bullet train in Japan I'll do that oh yeah have you been on that I have because that goes like 200 or how fast does that go uh, Not 300 <laughs> I think to maybe 400 but it's like completely oh, still because wow. of whatever anime Gundam power or like technology they use in it. Um, yeah, they're it's all maglev, completely right? still maglev. Right. So I'm like, wow. you know, the Amtrak cool. really has to catch up to this stuff. Amtrak wow. sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bryce and I were talking about that the other day. We were like, cause we watched this really great Korean zombie movie. Oh, it's Train called to hashtag alive. Oh, no. mm. Train to Busan is amazing as well. That is like my favorite mm. for sure. This is this feels like it could be Train to Busan's sequel. Oh, like it's very cool. good. It's new on Netflix. It's called Hashtag Alive. But um, we we're just like talking about how like how come 
the train system in other countries, like this is like a valid form of transportation. It like oh, it's good and it's nice and it know? works. Because the American well, motor industry. Yes. I, yeah. Oh. yeah. But like here it just sucks. Yeah, I I like being on a train, but to get from here down to you guys on the train, because there was one that goes straight from here to you guys, twelve hundred dollars mm-hmm. if and I want to do the overnight. Like three yeah, days. it's ridiculous. Like, why would you do that? It's yeah. insane. Or it's only three hundred dollars yeah. if I want to stay awake for fucking thirty six hours <laughs> in, in a single chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Oh, I yeah. hate driving. I wish there was like high speed rail. I know in major cities. Oh well. Hyperloop. Right. Yeah. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Is that still a thing they're so. trying to do? No. Uh, I wish. Hyperloop. I think, no. I think not. Elon Musk, go home. <laughs> <laughs> but leave your billions please so we can make the world a better yeah, place seriously mm-hmm. so Gene mm. uh, this wasn't the film you thought <laughs> you remembered it's great <laughs> I love it It was, uh, but tell us about it no, did I, you enjoy it I, I, I did I mean you know it's because um, again I, I like the themes in there of you know what what is really insane and where is normal and uh, again, you know, the character development's just really, um, really interesting, you know? I mean, I guess, you know, not to sound pretentious, but I think after learning how important story is in the animation industry, that's like kind of how I see things now. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that, yeah, there's there's a lot of plot holes and things and logic, uh, you know, that doesn't quite hold up as we excavated. But, you know, when there's movies that don't even try now, I'll give it, you know, merit, credit for trying. <laughs> <laughs> net positive. Yeah, that's net what positive. I would say, yeah. right? And it was even more fun <laughs> to discuss it with you guys. So thank you guys for that. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, Pat, what did you think? Um, Yeah, I, I found it amusing uh, <laughs> and terrifying. Honestly, I'm still shook by how much Joe <laughs> Cutter creeped me out. I yeah. feel like he's underrated in, like, top lists of movie villains. That guy's fucking creepy. Yeah. And I, like, yeah. Um, and I thought the actor did a good job, like of, of embodying this like eccentric, like psychotic, unpredictable. You don't know how he's going to react or what he's going to do. Mm. Um, very Joker esque. I felt there was to it, mm, and just yeah. like, um. So I liked that. I mean, like it was terrifying. I didn't like it, but I liked that. I didn't like it. Like that's what you kind of want out of your villain. It's so weird to me because I've never seen this. This movie is. Not in the same genre though as the other Mad Max. Yeah, it really no, it's, it's a totally really different movie. Mm-hmm. They just happen to have a guy named Max who was driving <laughs> the same car. He <laughs> drove at the end. Like it, they are. It, I was honestly blown away at how different it was than mm. the other ones. But at the end, it was you know an amusing, like amusing as far as like yeah, it was a movie. I was entertained. I wasn't bored at any time, and I didn't hate it. And and then he got his vengeance at the end. And that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll kind of piggyback on Pat. And like, I agree. I was going to say that this was like a very watered down version of Mad Max. I know it's where it started. So it's not technically a watered down version, but it's kind of like. The I get seed, what you mean, though. Yeah. The seed sprouted and hadn't quite grown mm. fully yet. But like it was there and you could kind of see the influence um, yeah. Uh, so, like, especially with like the guy jumping on the stick onto the gas truck, you know, like 
you could right. see he had all these cool ideas that were just kind of like getting their ideas thrown down on paper for this film. So mm-hmm. it was interesting to see that. Um, but I had, like I said, if I had not known it was Mad Max, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> and it wasn't at all <laughs> like I expected. It was way more grounded. I expected something like very outlandish, like the yeah. the newest one. Um, so that was pretty surprising. I mean, there were some weird things, but honestly, if I didn't know that it was supposed to be a post-apocalyptic world, I very easily mm. could have believed that it was modern day, just like really rural mm-hmm. areas, you know, without a lot of like civilization. <laughs> um, so that was just like a complete reversal of what I expected. Um, the story felt a little flat to me. Um, just not very robust, kind of very simple. Um, and I expected there to be sort of more nuance, you know? Um, and it was just, it was kind of like, okay, that's what it is. <laughs> so yeah. I was kind of surprised at that too. Um, but it's really amazing what they were able to accomplish for such a low budget. And the cinematography still blows me away. Like, it, beautiful shots, so well planned. And, like, really planned for clarity and to tell the story mm. visually without relying on dialogue, which is something that I really miss mm. in modern-day films. So Totally. And it was a very common way of storytelling in the 70s. So it's just kind of a... A vintage aesthetic that I really love in filmmaking. So it was really great to see in this film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have just kind of a bunch of echoes of, of Sam and Pat here. The uh, Hugh Keysburn, the uh, uh, toe cutter, uh, just so good. Um, he had those like Manson vibes, kind of like just the serious, <laughs> oh, like yeah. the zombie mm-hmm. eyes. Um, the, uh, I mean, Mel Gibson did a good job in this. I guess that's why we know who he is, um, unfortunately. And the thing is, is uh, I would have a hard time telling someone else what this movie is about. Um, Mm. Because it's, I'm just like saying things you guys said earlier, like Pat was saying, like, it's just a bunch of and thens. Uh, and not really like a coherent actual story like the i guess you could say like the revenge plot at the end was a whole story but like as a full film it was just like this happened and then this happened and then this and it's just like that was Mm. the whole thing uh out of the hands of george miller i would have disliked this film but the direction was so good uh every shot beautiful just all the way through the film no not a second wasted there was never a pointless shot uh there's never a pointless camera movement they even did some unrealistic lighting for effect and it totally was awesome like in the hospital scene when he's checking out the dude's corpse and they have the the, oh, the yeah. by lighting on him oh and, yeah and like it's mm-hmm. just like that's not how that would have worked but you know what it sold the scene in a way that really made you feel what mel gibson was feeling at the moment and like the shock and the horror and all through the lighting and the framing. And that's what this movie is, is it's a George Miller showcase. Uh, it was, it was really good because of that. Uh, I don't think I would watch it again 
for story reasons. Uh, but mm. <laughs> but if I was trying to like make a point about like really cool shots that were possible and were actually done back in the seventies when a lot of the older films I've seen, uh, you know. <sighs> How many people have uh, me, me and Ash have worked with at least one person uh, together who was always talking about locking down your shots, lock them down, uh, like uh, just these static images that are in a lot of older films. And this one was all about movement. And I loved mm-hmm. it. The that's that's why I would ever go back to this is just as a, a, a like a film study on great composition and camera movement so Mm -hmm. uh i recommend it if you haven't seen it uh and if you have seen it and and you know what happens in the story there's not really a reason to go back (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah totally i think if you if you want a better story i would check out um road warrior because it might have like all the combination of all the things that you like Mm. about mad max with a good story um but like actually i think Thunderdome is the most flamboyant of them all. Sam, you're okay. saying the Fury Road is, but actually, I think it's Thunder. Thunderdome but is like Tina Turner. so crazy. Do um, either of them have the world's saddest looking peanut butter sandwich? Oh, right. That just sounds so awkward. It's just like two pieces. Yeah. I thought he said peanut butter and honey. I thought he yeah, said I think butter. He said peanut butter. But maybe I missed the peanut. No, it was peanut, peanut oh. butter and honey. Oh, okay. Yeah, I so, believed the butter and honey. I don't choice. believe the peanut butter at all. <laughs> That's what people eat in the future. You just like you've never had a peanut the... butter and honey sandwich. No, I'm saying. Oh, they're delicious. No, no, no. That makes more sense logically. But Pat, I'm. Oh, what Pat said. It looked like a sad sandwich. So I skipped the peanut. <laughs> I heard butter and honey, and I was like, "That's a weird choice." But it looks like a flat, sad sandwich. I believe that it's just <laughs> butter and honey. Well, we've got PB and J here, but like honestly, I don't know anything about Australia. If somebody said that fruit didn't exist in Australia, and that's why they use honey, I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Like, <laughs> should have been Vegemite. Vegemite, right? Oh, no, thank you. Anyway, um. Yeah, I I definitely agree with the the plot hole problems and the beautiful cinematography. Um I really like the the character development. I think um it's really interesting cuz for me it's like it's not just his character development in this film, it's like where it goes in in over the course of the three mm. original films. Like he has more of a story arc um that keeps going which I find really interesting. Um, and that's the thing. That's the the problem I have with the new one is like, they built this great story arc. It would be like, you know, it's like with Tony Stark where you like, you have this great story arc for him and then you just make another movie and you throw all that away. Mm. And so like, that's what it feels like to me when I watch the new one. But anyway, um, but this kind of also reminded me of like the first Terminator movie because the first Terminator mm. movie is very oh, different from yeah. the other ones as well. Like it feels more of like this thriller, this chase thriller, um, like a different style and tone. And this movie definitely has a different style and tone than the other ones as well. Um, but I I still enjoyed it. I was I was surprised. I had serious doubts, and I think that's part of the doubts 
were the doubts that Ralph put in my head from Twitter. And I was like, oh, no, I'm worried. Um, So my expectations were very low, but I still enjoyed it. I don't know that I'd go back and watch it again, Mm. but I really want to watch the next one. Yeah, Yeah. And just keep going. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, I just want to say my favorite shot in the whole film, because you mentioned zombie eyes, was like, there's like just, it's like three frames. But before Toe Cutter hits the big rig, Uh there's like an intense close-up of his eyes, and they're all red, and it's just the best shot. (laughs) They do it twice, though. They do it for him and Knight Rider in the beginning. Yeah, that was a prosthetic of some sort. They were fake eyes. It looked, it was like a large marge kind of a... It looked so cool. It did. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's a signature shot, I guess, for room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bug eyes. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, Mad Max. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Gene, yeah. uh, you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Give, give them another pitch. Yeah. for. Uh, I mean, I'm promoting my uh, current short film, One Last Monster. So you can go to onelastmonster.com. Uh, we have all our social media information on there. So pretty easy. Awesome. Well, thanks for bringing this film to our table and joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. This was incredible. Yeah. Awesome. Ash, do wrap ups. Engage the audience. You can follow us. We're at Let's Rewatch on Twitter, where we do fun things like movie polls, where you guys can pick the movie like you did this time, which we didn't even talk about what this is. This one, 41%. It was pretty close between this one and Spirited Away. Um Ooh. And uh, we also do things where I will tweet a still from the movie if we didn't do a movie poll and you guys get to guess what the movie is. And I did tweet a still from the movie, the title, just for fun. And Matt uh, Stormageddon got it right away. I mean, you know, he had no problem (laughs) guessing (laughs) it was Mad Max. (laughs) I was trying to look for our new review. Um, Oh, do we have one? Allie. Sweet. We do. We have a new review. Our friend Allie, who I've been yelling every <laughs> yelling oh, at right. It sucks because I record we recorded a bunch of episodes. So she we must have just released the one where I'm like, Allie. Yeah. <laughs> she texts me. She's like, I gave you a review. I'm like, oh, there's like four more podcasts that we recorded where I gave you a hard time. <laughs> We're gonna um, hear do it every time, Allie. Every, every I mean, time. Sam, you forget. I think you've you've shouted Allie's name like the past eight or nine episodes we've done. It's been yeah. most of this year you've been saying Allie. It's a recurring gag. Um, okay. So if you liked our podcast, please give us a five-star review like our best friend, Allie, who says, knowledgeable and a range of perspectives. Love how much the art talk is in this series. So thank you. You can leave us your review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher. No. Nope. Just stick with those ones. That's fine. What's the other one? Or I'm, you can shout I'm it into cool the void. <laughs> if the, uh, if Spotify it, or Spotify. Spotify. If the review isn't on iTunes, it's not really helping us. Let's be honest. That's... All right. <laughs> can you leave a review on Spotify? I don't even Ooh. know. Oh. Oh. Anyway. Pat, say something Pat's about turn. your whole sh- shenanigans. Oh, well, if you like D&D and you're listening to the show, you already know about, you know, 
the Red Opera. Uh, by the time this comes out, the Kickstarter will probably be ended. And we did like a million dollars. It was crazy, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but if if you randomly are listening to this and you missed the Kickstarter and you like D&D, it'll still be available. Um, just go to my web uh, or go to at the Pat Edwards or the Pat Edwards.com. There'll be a link to pre-order it. Um, but I was just going to shout out our awesome network. This part of the certain POV.com network. Uh, check out some of the other shows there, like Another Pass, Fun and Games with Matt and Jeff, Scruffy Nerf Herders, Screen Snark, Dole Up and Dream, Circle of Friendship, The Rob Thomas, No, Not That One cast, uh, and our new one that joined the network very recently, Judging Book Covers. Oh, yeah. Very good discussions about so, books. I really like their show. I feel like the only person, whenever I hear the Rob Thomas thing, I'm like, who? <laughs> that's, that's why it's the No, he's, Not That he's One. He's made a bunch of shows. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a Rob Thomas in Matchbox 20, and then there's Rob Thomas. See, I like, didn't know that, so I'm oh. always like, what do you mean not that one? I don't he, know what you're talking the one about. Everyone, that's the one everyone thinks is is from Matchbox 20, the singer. And then there is mm-hmm. another gentleman who he made, He like was the creator and showrunner of Veronica Mars, iZombie. Oh, um, oh. Right. yeah. I thought it was the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what? Which one is on the podcast? I think they do the shows. Like the show person. They're just just talking about his stuff. Uh, Oh, this this podcast title is not clear. I'm sorry. Alex, if you're listening, I am sorry on Ash's behalf. That's like back when uh, when I made my router password, the password is password. And I just could not tell people what oh, the Wi-Fi yes. password was here. My mom <laughs> yes. just made a joke about that the other day. I was like, oh, I have to put in the password. And she was like, the password is password. And I was like, oh, my God, mom, <laughs> you still remember that fucking password. Jeez. I remember vividly having this conversation with you, Brett, and me being like, but what's the password? I was like, the password oh is, gosh. the password is password. <laughs> <laughs> just, so, yeah. So now he changed it to brain breaking. And so you have to like put. Don't give away your Wi-Fi yeah, password. I'm, gonna, I'm well, deleting that one. You can't tell people the current in use. <laughs> yeah. This what is, is our basic guys. Brett's social. Listen, it's is. 2020. The world's over anyway. Hey. So. <laughs> five, 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 five. God. All right. Well. You guys are- <laughs> Good thing you edit this. We nailed it again. Manic <laughs> hey, energy. Technically, we got age. all the good necessary stuff out, and then we went off the rails, which is exactly what we're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah, Matt, we will never. Gene, the running this. gag is we never do this correctly. The outro, we always fuck it up. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't finger, think, finger quotes. I love this energy. Okay, oh, <laughs> I love it. We're jamming. We're jamming. Uh, <laughs> gag, as in with a spoon. Um. So next time, join us <laughs> while uh, when we when we watch uh, a uh, wow, really confusing movie. No, no, giant monsters movies. A big ass spider. Oh no, 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 no. Oh okay, naughty. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Did you add the comma in in the wrong place? No, that's it's a big ass spider. Because you said big comma ass spider. Well, no, see if it's. Big ass spider, but because the inflection is important. I mean, but if I it was big ass, it would comma, have a hyphen. But... No, so it's a big ass spider. No, it's not a big ass spider. We really it's a need big to get ass out of our house. Spider, <laughs> big ass has a hyphen. Eat some flies. I feel like ass spider would have a hyphen. 
This is like <laughs> this the part of joining call where everyone just starts screaming. Yeah, no, Why would Big Ass have, have, have a hyphen? <laughs> the thing, the thing yeah, that you thing do doesn't have a hyphen. The ass is the thing for the spider in your in your world. It's not an ass spider. It's a spider for your ass. No, we should. We should. I think it's that time of the night where just everything's starting to get really funny. You just a wacky. Wow, that was a hit. Eight legs, two teeth. (laughs) It's a spider for your ass. Are you gonna play us out? Inside, there's spiders. Inside, there's spiders. Inside, there's spiders. Inside, there's spiders. Eat some flies. Taste my venom. You're gonna die. Eight legs, eight eyes. Look at me wrong. You're gonna die. I'm gonna wreck it. You just a wet kid. <laughs> messing with this big ass spider. Yeah, messing with this big ass spider. I've just been freestyling bars of wap but big ass spider bas like so in this but as a spider cpov certain pov.com